0: In Las Vegas, the first Sunday in June, I'm Brian Feldman, and this is out of line. We are here every Sunday at eight o'clock on Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM, flagship of the Vegas Golden Knights. We are coming to you live from the Wisden in Las Vegas because, as you know, if you've ever heard the show or listened to a lot of the show on Fox, that um, we are still banned from the Fox Sports Residential Bancorp Studios due to the pandemic. Um, that's surprising. All the mandates are gone, but we're still kicked out, Spencer. We'll get back in soon. Uh, joining me on the show is our social media director, Spencer The Wiz, Ostrovsky. Nobody beats the Wiz. Nobody beats the Wiz. Yeah, the Wiz uh, not only has his own studio, but he's got his own theme music as well. And back in the Fox Sports residential Bancorp studio, Manning the Controls, is producer Chris Magnum Chapman, who aside from producing a number of shows for Lotus Broadcasting, is the locker room reporter for the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. The show is also streaming on the LV Sports Network, and you can watch the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. The page is called Out of Line. That is OU t-t-a-l-i-n-e follow the show on instagram and twitter at out of line fox lv and since we are live your calls and questions are welcome the fox sports residential bank corp studio line is 702-876-1340
1: hi this is bobby and it's time for what's on tap
0: Yeah, What's On Tap brought to you by title sponsor, Residential Bank Corp. Whether purchasing a new home or refinancing the home you already own, Residential Bank Corp is the company to turn to for all your home financing needs. Residential Bank Corp funding America one neighborhood at a time. Call 702-964-5720 to get information on all of the home financing options available for you in the state of Nevada. On tap, we will continue to speculate on who will be the Vegas Golden Knights head coach. I want everyone's opinion on that today. We will also... uh you know, we've got the NHL playoffs to talk about the conference finals, pretty darn exciting. We'll talk about those as well. Well, kind of exciting. I mean, on one side, it's really exciting on the other, not so much, but uh, we'll talk about that. The NBA finals to talk about as well. And the Las Vegas aces, I hope you're paying attention. They have the best record in the WNBA. And today we will be joined by the Las Vegas aces, general manager and Olympic gold medalist, Natalie Williams. We'll also be joined by former Washington and Former Raiders quarterback, Jay Schrader, He's going to talk about a charity golf outing that is taking place this Friday at the Riviera Country Club. I'm going to be playing that pretty cool, but uh, Jay will be on joining to talk us about that promotion. We uh, gave away a twosome to that event on the Friday night show, and uh, uh, we'll mention that to Jay also, as well as uh, the Las Vegas Aviators, man. They've won nine in a row, and they are in first place with the best record in the Pacific Division uh in uh, the west uh, the the pacific coast league in the in the pacific division pretty cool man we'll talk about that as well and uh french open going on right now i think it might be over with i know nadal was up one set to none when i left but uh could be over by now who knows and um also uh we have the U.S. Open, the Women's U.S. Open. Pretty cool story there as well. Somebody's trying to break records. We'll talk about that also. That is what's on tap. If you are looking to buy a home or to refinance the home you currently own, choose a company you can trust. Residential Bank Corp Funding America one neighbor at a time. Call 702 964 5720 for details on your home financing options today. And uh, Spence, let's just jump right into it, man. Hop on Nightcap. Hockey players, as you know, are warriors they don't give up. They come to play every game. It's
2: time for Nightcap, a cup full of the Vegas Golden Knights. From highlights
0: to interviews to special events, the puck starts here. Yeah, um, you know, we're still uh, not much talk has been going on about movement as far as uh, candidates for Vegas Golden Knights uh, replacement for Pete DeBoer. Uh, Mags I'll talk to you again you know I've got my opinion on who is going to be the head coach I think they've kind of got it narrowed down to probably closer than five players or five people I've got it down to about five names but I'll just come straight out I don't know why Mags and I mean of course I know why it's been rumored but I like Rick Tockett, man. I mean, I when I say I like him, I like him as being my guest for who is going to be the next head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. Mags, who do you think is going to get that job? Well, I,
2: I don't think it's going to be Rick Tockett. I think Rick Tockett's going to end up with the Philadelphia Flyers. I just think that's a natural fit. I, you know, there's not a lot of, 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 of chat. I mean, there's a lot of chatter, but there's nothing to hear one way or the other as far as which direction the Golden Knights are leaning. I'm going to go with Mike Babcock. I, I, I feel like it's a new voice. It's a guy who 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 works well with veterans. He's a guy who's won a Stanley Cup. He's not Barry Trotz, of course. And and you know, I, I don't think it's gonna be Barry Trotz. It's just my gut feeling. But I, I, I think it's gonna be Mike Babcock.
0: You know, I think that's a really good pick former Detroit Red Wings coach. You know I love Babcock and uh I think it's a good pick, Mags. I do. I I don't know why. Like I said, Tockett is a perfect fit in Philadelphia. I just keep hearing rumors, talking with uh, different people in our uh, our profession here in Vegas, and um, he seems to be among the regular topic of discussion when you talk about the coaches. But you know, Barry Trotz. Uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people that will love Barry to come here. You know, talk about him. Claude julians another guy mentioned the name that comes up. Paul Maurice. I mean, John Tortorella. Uh, you got the guy internally, um, Ryan, uh, God Almighty. We talked about him last week, who I think is the dark horse to get the job. I don't think he will. Uh, Chris, refresh me. Help me out here. Ryan. Uh, Ryan Craig. On the
2: Craig. Co-
0: yeah, Ron Craig, of course, on our, on our current <laughs> but uh, he's he is the dark horse um, to me, a guy. And, and the reason I say that and I had a discussion about him recently. Number one, the players all like the guy. Number two, he has been here since day one. I mean, he was one of the first assistants hired and no real, no NHL coaching experience other than with the Vegas Golden Knights. But here's the deal they keep him around this is going to be the third regime they've gotten rid of everyone from the first two regimes he's still employed by the vegas golden knights that that's uh creates some speculation and some curiosity but chris let's talk about the playoffs right now i'm loving what i'm seeing i know you know it's creating an uproar in vegas when i talk about it It makes people really more upset that gerard galant is with the rangers but you know before we talk about last night's game we'll talk about the new york rangers a little bit in this team and Really cool that they've gotten the first two games against Tampa Bay. I don't think anyone is super worried in Tampa Bay, which is really funny. My cousins uh, live out there. They're not concerned. This is what Tampa Bay does. They turn up the gas when they have to. Down 2 nothing, no problem. I kind of disagree with them. I don't think you want to drop the first two games in any series, no matter where they're played. And I think it bodes really well for the Rangers that they won this, these first two games. And th- they are just playing as a unit, Chris. This is a team that is jiving well right now. And Chesterkin, I mean, what can you say? He's out playing Vajoleski right now, period.
2: Yeah, I, and listen, I mean, you're, you're right, but but Tampa's missing Braden Point, and, and I think this could be the first series where, where that really catches up to them. Um, I, I, I There's just something about the Rangers. Look, I, I, I think you can make the argument that maybe they've been very fortunate. Uh, Carolina, who they beat in the last round, just at some point they were going to lose a game at home because they could not win on the road. That still blows my mind that they went seven games deep into two series and didn't win one road game in the entire playoffs. So Rangers a little fortunate there, I think. And then they were down three games to one and down two goals in the fifth game until uh, Jacob Trouba absolutely annihilated Sidney Crosby, knocking him out. So I, I guess maybe maybe there's a little bit of fortune there on the Rangers' side. Uh, they've been the better team through two series. I, I think Shesterkin's been really good. Um, I don't think Vasilevsky has been particularly great, which is really strange because he's at the stage of the playoffs where he shouldn't be allowing as many goals as he has. And, and, and you know, I mean, that's not a knock on the guy. The guy's incredible, but he, he obviously has not played to the level that he would hold himself to. I think the Rangers don't win tonight. I, I, I think Tampa wins today. I think Tampa wins in uh, on Monday or I'm sorry, on Tuesday to even things up going back to New York. I still think Tampa is okay. I think if they get down three games to one, things get a little dicey. But I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're fine. They'll they'll win the next two games at home, and then they'll make it a best of three. And I still think they're a better team than the Rangers, and I think they'll find a way to win the series.
0: Yeah, you know, if you're looking for matchups in the finals, I think the best matchup is going to be, Tampa Bay against Colorado, even though I'm tired of both those teams. I'm not I mean, Colorado hasn't been to the conference finals, let alone the Stanley Cup finals in a long, long time, but I can't stand the avalanche. I never have. a I hate him as a Detroit Red Wings fan, and I can't stand him as a Vegas Golden Knights fan. So, I mean, you know, I, I I'm pulling for a better matchup, and I definitely think that Tampa Bay would give them more problems than the Rangers, although who knows, man, this Rangers team, Chris, has, has been so much fun to watch through this postseason. They been resilient, they've come back in series, and Mike Zibanejad, I'll tell you, if they end up, somehow the Rangers end up do going to the finals and winning the Stanley Cup, and this guy keeps putting the puck in the net, right now he's third in the playoffs in goals with nine, he's f- tied for fourth in assists with 13, and he's tied with points for third in points with 22. Uh, this guy's unbelievable, man. I mean, he is just uh, what, what scored five, five out of the last six games he's had a goal, Chris, and what, what a great acquisition for the Rangers this season to pick up a guy like and Then, of course, Shesterkin. We can't talk enough about how well he's played. Whenever you see a team make a run in the Stanley Cup, you see the goalie playing super well. Usually the final team's in there. It's always because their goaltender has has done his job and been a great line, back, last line of defense. We have seen that with the Rangers. There's no question about it. Shesterkin's not only kept him in games. I think he's won games for them. And then you got another guy like Adam Fox, Chris, 23 years old. How about this kid, man? He's right there too. 22 points right now in the playoffs. Five goals and his 17 assists has him third amongst all players in the league. He is really putting a stamp on how he good how good of an nhl player he is and is going to be
2: yeah he uh he obviously is a really good defenseman as he won the norris trophy last year and and it's only now his third full season in the league he was really really good as a rookie he he got better as in his second year and he's proving that he is an elite uh nhl defenseman i i've been a fan of adam fox for for a couple of years now watching him play i i'll tell you what it's funny I had the conversation with my wife the other day because, obviously, uh, I'm from New Jersey. I grew up a New Jersey Devils fan, and I absolutely hated the New York Rangers when I was a kid for for obvious reasons. Um, and now I find myself rooting for the Rangers, which is something that 15 years ago is not something I ever could have imagined. These two teams played in, in an Eastern Conference final uh, in 2012 for the right to go get slaughtered by the L.A. Kings and the Devils won that honor, and then two years later, the Rangers ended up finding themselves on the other end of, of that sword as well, as the, as the L.A. Kings absolutely destroyed them as well. Um, but I find myself rooting for the Rangers. If, obviously, I, I've always, not always, I shouldn't say always, but since the dawn of the Golden Knights, I've been a big fan of Gerard Gallant. I I, I just think he's he was fun to work with. He was fun to, to, to deal with. Um, obviously, Ryan Reeves, another guy that, I think if you covered the team, you, you kind of had a, a relationship with and a guy that you enjoyed talking to. So I find myself rooting for those two guys for obvious reasons. Um, but the, uh, the other aspect is they've got a lot of really good, likable players. Like Artemi Panarin, it, it, it's kind of underreported, but Artemi Panarin took a stand against Vladimir Putin, which to me is is absolutely unheard of by any Russian athlete and, you know, it, it, it was something that kind of slid under the... It didn't slide under the radar, but it, I think it's kind of been forgotten. And I don't think we give Artemi Panarin enough credit for the fact that two years ago, even before this Ukraine stuff, that Artemi Panarin took a stand against Vladimir Putin. So I think that that alone makes him quite likable and, and very admirable. Uh, as you mentioned, Mika zabanejad a, a good player. I'll tell you what, Jacob Truba is the perfect guy for Gerard Gallant because... He's a monster he's productive but he's also a monster on the ice like he's the kind of guy where you have to be aware of where he's at at all times on the ice or you are going to get lit up he's an old school kind of player he, he's the perfect guy for gallant in in that Rangers team but I mean they're they're, they're just a bunch of likable players I, I I really enjoy watching the Rangers play because I I just as a hockey fan and a guy who covers a sport, I think personality wise, they're probably the the team with the best personalities remaining in the playoffs. I mean, Edmonton is on the verge of being knocked out. They're one they're they're basically 60 minutes away from hitting the hitting the golf course with you and Jay Schrader next weekend um so I, I and, and they're not likable. like I don't feel like Colorado is likable. Like, I, I don't find myself rooting for Colorado. I like specific.
0: Well, I, I, Chris, I don't, I don't. Sorry, but I don't think we can root for Colorado. No, and no. You. And, and, They're just and not a like. I,
2: I I like Kadri, but as far as. And, and I like McCarr, but well, he's as gone far anyways. As, yeah. He's gone for this series. As, the rest, as far as the rest of the, the Avalanche, I, I'm i not a fan. Tampa, to me, it, it is likable. And I think the, the idea of them winning three straight for the first. something that, I mean, even though I was alive. I certainly don't remember the Islanders winning four straight Stanley cups. I was, I was like basically between the ages of one and five when they did that. So, um, I not, not exactly a, 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 a memory that I have the Islanders winning four straight. So I, I kind of want to see history, but I find it hard to root against the Rangers because I just feel like personality wise, they've got a lot of likable players. And, and of course the Vegas connection here with Gallant and, and of course, uh, Ryan Reeves. So, uh, I, I I will tell you this. Whoever comes out of the East, I'll be rooting for them to win the Stanley Cup. I think the, the 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 Avalanche match up much better with the Rangers, but you never know. I mean, Tampa Tampa could get hot and win. Who's to say Tampa can't go on a roll and win? Eight of their next ten games.
0: Well, you know they can, and that's that's something. Tampa Bay, like I said, I I was just uh, at a party with a bunch of our friends uh, to watch Game One of the NBA Finals the other night, and we were all talking. Chris Matthews was there, Brian Shapiro, Chris Wynn but we were all talking about the you know about about the um the finals and you know both NBA and NHL finals. And the one thing that I think we were all ag- in agreement on, Chris, is I've watched a lot of hockey. I was old enough to remember the Islanders four, four uh, straight Stanley Cups and right before them, there was eight years that two teams won the Stanley Cup. The Canadians won it four straight, then the Islanders won it four straight, and then actually Edmonton won it four out of the next five seasons. It was a it was a 12-year, a 12, 13-year run of, of franchises that were truly uh it, it was a, an amazing, remarkable thing to see domination like that by, by one specific team. Uh, three different teams, but over a 13-year span, it was really cool and I remember all of it. Uh, but one of the things I've said, even watching those teams, the Canadians back then and the Islanders and the Oilers, they were great through the regular season. They were always one of the top two, maybe top three teams in the league, several presidents cups wins on their way to Stanley Cup championships. The Tampa Bay Rays sometimes seem to coast at times in the regular season. You know, last year they played almost the entire regular season without Kucherov and still found a way in the postseason. He comes back like he never missed a game and they win the Stanley Cup finals and I said what I've never seen with a team like Tampa Bay although the last two games wouldn't be indicative of this this team rises for the postseason like no team I have ever seen every team picks it up you know the postseason as fast as the NHL is it gets faster in the postseason but this Tampa Bay Lightning team there is something about them number one I think they're the best coach team in the National Hockey League I would take their coach over any other coach in the league and I'll argue that with anybody but besides that this team picks it up in the postseason. And Kucherov, Chris, to me, one of the best postseason players in NHL history. I mean, and that's a huge statement. But this guy in the postseason is just a monster. You know he's a focal point. You know they are going to try to get him the puck, and yet he still finds a way, more games than not, to put the puck in in the net or be an integral part of other people scoring goals. He is just a true postseason master.
2: Yeah, some guys have it, some guys don't. And and you know, Kucherov is a guy who who for the last two seasons has kind of carried the Tampa Bay Lightning, but what, what what's funny about that team is we we look at their star players, Kucherov, Stamkos, uh Victor Hedman, but they've got a lot of next tier players who on other teams I think would be stars. Like Braden Point absolutely would be a star if he played on any other team. And that and that and that's saying something because he plays on a team where he's already highly regarded and he's a really good player. But Braden Point and Ryan and, and Anthony Sorelli would be absolute stars if they played on almost any other yeah. franchise in the league. And they're they're kind of I, I don't want to say second tier players because that's that's a really disservice to those guys. But they're they're they guys that, that kinda I don't want to say get overlooked, but because they're not Stamkos, because they're not Kucherov, because they're 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 not Victor Hedman, because they're not Vasilevsky, they 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 kinda I don't wanna uh, you you know what I'm saying. Like these guys are so good that if they played on the Golden Knights, they would be a star. Like oh, an- a Anthony Sorelli is 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 an absolute stud. And, and, and uh, Sergachev, another great player who who kind of you know flies under the radar. He plays with a little bit of an edge, but that's why Tampa is so good because they can go two, three deep and still have guys who are potential all star players. I don't think this team is dead by any stretch. Look, they're down two games and they're outplayed in both games. They've proven with their backs against the wall that they can get the job done. By by the way, Brian, I don't know if you saw this. I tweeted it out the other night, but it had been so long since the Tampa Bay Lightning had lost back-to-back games in the playoffs, that I had the the last – so I met my wife, or I hadn't met my wife yet. I then met her. We got married. COVID started. We're now two and a half years into COVID. My wife immigrated to the United States and has lived here for 15 months. That's how long it's been. We're talking over three years since Tampa Bay Lightning lost back-to-back games in the playoffs last time was when they were swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, in in that series. So maybe maybe I don't want to say they're going to get swept. I, I I don't think so. But could you imagine if that if that bookends their Stanley Cup runs? They get swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets after winning the the President's Trophy, and then their next loss in the playoffs is three years later, and they get swept by the New York Rangers. I don't think that happens, but that would truly be something. Kind of funny, I think
0: it'd be it'd be a story and real quickly because i want to get to the nba playoffs and of course we got natalie williams already on the line with us so i want to get to her but uh colorado edmonton as chris mentioned three nothing after last night's game connor mcdavid scores almost the minute the game starts you think wow edmonton's gonna win they're at home this is a huge game for them again a must win situation and colorado just too good the one my you know i had several takes from that game one of them is i gotta believe the seattle Kraken and are, are cracking their own heads how do they not pick up JT Comfer when he is available in the expansion draft for them I mean his fifth goal in the last four games last night this guy and and, and last night's gigantic goal because that was basically the game winner this guy's amazing and uh I I mean I, I'm not not like a great superstar NHL player but the fact that he was available and the, Seattle didn't look and pick this guy up uh when he plays on a team like Colorado the guy's a stud And I I was surprised that that's one of my takeaways. Cadre's going to hurt him. Not that bad. This Colorado team is stacked. Uh, You know, you you look at, you know, Vander Kane. I mean, God, the guy leading the NHL in goals right now. And uh, also actually wicked hip that ended probably maybe cadre's season. We'll find out. But uh, anyways, uh, pretty interesting series on that side in the respect that I did think Edmonton would Give them a series. Instead, I do think Colorado's going to sweep them. I think Chris is right, 60 minutes away from them being eliminated. Real quick, we'll talk about this later on, but in the NBA, obviously, huge game today, game two. uh, Boston down 15 points late in the third quarter, comes back. It was putrid what Golden State did in the fourth quarter. They uh, didn't even look like the same team. Amazing. It's like the minute Horford hit that shot to put Boston ahead, Golden State just decided, well, we're not going to win this game. I've never seen anything like it. Boston does that. They turn the thing around. I don't think you'll ever see Al Horford go 6 of 8 again from the field, Spence, or, uh, you know, again, Derek White 5 of 8. They were a three-point machine, 21 of 41 from three-point land. Uh, if the Boston Celtics continue to play from the perimeter like that, um, it's going to be a long series for Golden State and respect that Boston could win the NBA title.
3: Yeah, and uh, the thing is, is that those threes, a lot of them were wide open threes. So the, the dribble penetration was crazy in that game. I think like half of their threes, I forget the metric, but like half of their threes were literally wide open. It's so, like no one within six feet. And that was the problem with the Warriors all year. They didn't have a center presence. James Wisen was supposed to be that. I thought they should have traded that pick when they had the chance, but obviously, it's not paying dividend dividends for them right now. Could continue to be a problem. And yes, Al Horford did have a crazy game, but you know what? Jason Tatum didn't have one, and I don't think Jason Tatum's going to have seven or six more bad games in this finals if it does go to a game seven.
0: No, he did have thirty. He did have a double double, but twelve points, thirteen assists, and Steph Curry twenty one points in the first quarter, Spence. Thirteen points the rest of the game. They can. I thought Spence Curry or Steph Curry. I'm like, oh my God, he might score sixty today. And then what happened? And uh, you know, I, I still think this is going to be a seven game series. I do. I thought at the beginning, and people thought I was crazy. Don't be shocked if at the end of it, the Boston Celtics are NBA champions. As much as I think Golden State is stacked. Clay Thompson, who didn't really play well, hit a couple of shots. But even with Clay Thompson being back, Draymond Green's got to play better than he did. And the one biggest thing, and I'm going to leave it at this, Spencer, and I'll get your opinion. Then I want to bring Natalie on. But, you know, the one thing that really is something that has, has plagued him throughout his career, as great as Steph Curry is, he's a lousy defender. I'll say that flat out, man. You're right. The perimeter was open. You know, when Derek White hit a triple, you saw Spence Curry running down, like, wow, I'm shocked. Why are you shocked? He didn't even put your hands up. I mean, my God, defend on the perimeter, man. Put your hands up. You're, he is such an athletic guy. I don't understand why he is not better defensively. I understand his primary focus is putting the ball in the basket and burying long-range shots, but you've got to play defense. And Derek White has proved he is a guy you have to defend on the perimeter, and instead he burns Steph left and right, and that's part of the reason the guy hit five of eight three-pointers and scored 21 points in the game.
3: Yeah, that's been a really interesting thing about Steph's career but throughout all of it. One of the greatest scores I've ever seen. Not the greatest score I've ever seen, but easily the best three-point shooter and a great shooter. But, yeah, I mean, there's a whole thing. Like, Draymond Green has filled in his roles. Like, he kind of is – like, them together form, like, the best player, right? Like, playmaking defensive, but Draymond can't score, and Steph can do all the scoring. I mean, that's why the partnership has worked out so well because they kind of fill each other's needs. But at the end of the day, like, basketball, while it is a team sport, there is only one basketball. There's one defender on the basketball at all times, and Steph has certainly struggled – so much, though, Korea Korean. I think it's swept under the rug because of how exciting it is, you know, to watch them play.
0: <laughs> I, I still think Boston – I'm going to say it. I think Boston's going to win the series. I don't know why, but I really think they will. Um, go, can Golden State come back and do it? Absolutely. I just like Boston. But I do think, you know, if Boston wins it, it should be in six. But, again, we saw what Dallas did in Phoenix in Game 7. Boston is capable, as they showed in Game One, of beating Golden State. And Golden State can they do it twice in a series? Why not? Anyways, let's move on, man. The best record in the WNBA, and uh, we're going to talk about this right now. Go ahead and hit it, Spence. Facts this: if you don't like the facts, take your ass back to bed. Fact this. At 9-2, the Las Vegas Aces do have the best record in the WNBA, and many would say that's fitting because they're the best team in the, the league this season. That being said, this could mean that the Aces are going to be the team that gives las vegas its first ever professional sports championship joining the show to discuss this very realistic possibility is one of the orchestrators of the aces team general manager and former olympic gold medalist natalie williams natalie i appreciate you getting up well i'm sure you're up this time most mornings but taking some time out on game day to join the show Ryan, thanks for having me on i appreciate it no absolutely you know this team the aces have been right on the precipice of a championship the last couple of years, really well put together. I, they, everyone here, when they acquired Liz Gampage initially thought, OK, that is the missing piece. Now, Liz is gone. There's some other pieces in place. This team really seems to be gelling well. And Natalie, one of the things to me that has really stood out and it is being talked about, I. Um, but is the play of their number one pick a couple of years ago. I think a lot of people thought um, that she initially was, you know, a, a good number one pick, but we weren't seeing it this year. Miss young has really stepped up her game and Oh my God. Uh, she's as good as any guard in the league.
4: Yeah. Are, you're talking about Jackie young. I of course. <laughs> yeah. No, she, Jackie's amazing. She's such an incredible professional very strong, very crafty, um, high basketball IQ, and uh, just an incredible teammate. So she's really come out of her shell this year with Becky Hammond's offense. You could tell she's really um, taken that to heart, loving the movement, loving the spacing and the pace that um, the girls are playing. So, I mean, I, I expect her to have a breakout season. I mean, she's already doing that. She's going to be out now. I don't know if you heard she's out probably for the next uh, few games with the ankle sprain that she, you know, suffered against Connecticut, but I expect her to just be right back in it. No, I do too, and and,
0: and she's going to be a big part of this team if they're going to make this run. They're going to need Jackie Young, and uh, she's just become one of, their, one of their marquee players. You know, always tough to win back-to-back games against the same team, and the Aces rolling, man. With nine wins, they beat the Sun, and then the Sun, again, uh, back-to-back games, uh, they give the Aces their second loss in their last game. I never think that's a bad thing. I think humility comes from losing occasionally, and when you're playing as well as they have been, something, a loss like that can refocus you a little bit.
4: Yeah. I mean, watching their practice yesterday, they were loose. They were um, energetic, but very focused. And, and Becky Hammond gets them in that way. Um, She's, she is uh, a great players coach, but she's also going to tell them exactly what it is. You know, they're, they trust in her, they believe in her, they look up to her. And I think you're going to see a great game today against the wings.
3: jumping on I got a producer rules I got a lot going on but uh well so we've been talking about the aces duly uh but I want to talk a little bit more about like your career and like how you got to the seat that you're at now maybe talk about your first day as a GM what was like going into your office I mean it had to have been a big change I read a little bit about like your post career you have obviously you didn't stay too far away from basketball which makes a lot of sense but you know when the aces contacted you what did they say they want they made a lot of changes this offseason so what did that look like and what do they want from you
4: well, the great thing—I mean, Nikki Fargus, an incredible president, and everything that Mark Davis is doing with the Aces organization, wanting to bring back in the players of the game who've given so much to the basketball world, and this being the Aces is actually my former team. It's the U, it's the former Utah Stars. So, being able to lead my former team and former, um, you know, franchise is incredible. I'm so thankful to Nikki Fargus for asking me to, you know, fill in this role. And I'm, I'm having a blast. I, the first month was a whirlwind and just uh, basically <laughs> initiation by fire. <laughs> so um, it's it's been a lot. I feel like I'm really starting to get my feet under me now. and uh, But it has been a blast and incredible people in the organization to work with.
0: You know, another thing, Natalie, uh, uh, the world and especially the basketball world lost somebody incredible not not too long ago in kobe bryant over a year ago uh he was one of the biggest advocates and spokesman for the wnba i mean really um the wnba has been on the map for a while but kobe bryant really was dedicated to uh making this league something more beyond special who do you think how do you fill that role of a kobe bryant and what he was doing for the wnba
4: yeah. I mean, what Kobe did was amazing. Um, he really brought awareness to the um, the performance that the women have and and what credible athletes they are and just the love of the game. And, you know, having lost him, I think all of the other NBA players have now filled that gap and, and appreciate uh, the play of the WNBA and how incredible the women are in it. Um, and I really think that You know, it's been a collective from everybody in the NBA.
0: No, it, it has been. It's been, uh, and and you know, and I think you're seeing more and more of that. Uh, something speaking about NBA players and the WNBA. Yesterday, I don't know if you know what the Celtics did at their practice, wearing uh, the T-shirts oh, yeah. uh, for Brittany Griner uh, oh, awareness. I mean, since I believe it's like February 14th or February 17th, she is still in Russia being detained. Uh, we all, most, most everyone knows the story about that. But yesterday, oh, we have some sound, and and it's pretty cool um, from Grant Williams. Uh, to Jason Tatum, to Marcus Smart. They all kind of chimed in about the t-shirts that were broken out at the Celtics press uh, practice yesterday. I think Spencer has that for us.
3: As a collective, um, we wanted to come out and, and show our support um, for Brittany Griner. Um, she's been uh, over there for an extended amount of time and um, we feel like enough is enough. It's extremely um, tough seeing what she's going through um, and I know everybody sees and feels that and obviously
2: we're all you know together in support, you know trying to you know Bring her back, you know to her family and things like that uh, So yeah wearing those shirts today, you know in support of her the
1: shirts were super important because not only showing our support for our sister um, that's roughly detained over in Russia, but uh, and Brittany Griner we just wanted to kind of show that togetherness and love that we have throughout knowing the NBA and WNBA um, she's been a vital part of the WBA of years past um, college and, and the amount of impact she's had on young female athletes and and competitive now in USA and overseas so we just hope to have her not only brought back to the US but where she can be reunited with her family but also um, do what she loves and that's playing the sport of basketball and and bring that that tenacity that she always plays with to the court
0: you know, it's bordering ridiculous at this point in time how long she has been gone for this and the points that they're trying to make. Um, any any uh, knowledge on uh, something that we might not know as the general public that you might know on the end of the WNBA, Natalie, as to what is going on and when uh, when we might see Brittany Griner get on a plane and get back here to the United States.
4: Well, I think everybody you know knows about the same. I mean, we are everybody's working very hard. I know her agent is working very hard to. Um, do whatever they can through um, the government and and help get her back. I think we're on 108 days now that she's been detained over there unwrongfully. And um, <laughs> it, I just, you know, I don't know if Brittany's going to be able to play after this, but we just want her back. That's all. We just want her back in the United States with her family and, um, you know, her community supporting her. And hopefully somehow she knows that uh, all the support that is being given to her over here. I'm
0: sure she'll definitely find it out when she gets back. Okay. You guys are uh, another big game today. Uh, you come off of uh, only the second loss of the season. You got the Dallas wings here at three o'clock in Michelob ultra arena. Um, I'm expecting, I, I already told Spencer before, and I'm expecting a big bounce back game on uh, no pun intended today uh, by the aces. I think uh, they get back on the winning trail today against the wings. Although, Wings in second place. They're a couple, about a, I think two and a half games behind uh, behind uh, the the Las Vegas Aces. But um, big game. But I think the Aces got it.
4: Well, uh, I think so too. I think it is. Uh, I think the our third, our first quarter uh, last game. You know, allowing Connecticut to score thirty five points. Um, the Aces were not happy about that. I know, talking to and listening to all the girls yesterday at practice. So I expect them to come out very focused today. The wings are a great team and this is a commissioner's cup game. So it is kind of a battle for that first place spot in the West. And so, um, you know, especially without Jackie young, they've got to come out and uh, Asia Wilson's got to have a great, great game. Kelsey plum uh, a great game. And we will have Chelsea gray today, which I'm uh, very happy about. Cause I know she took a, a hard hit uh, in the last game and had to have some stitches, but. She's a warrior. <laughs> so I expect an incredible game today. Warriors are what most of these ladies are great entertainment. If you haven't been out to Michelob ultra arena to
0: see the Las Vegas aces, you're missing something. It is a great entertainment, great basketball, nice venue can find it and really, really cool. And the final question for you, Natalie, you know, uh, aces have a new head coach, um, you know, you know, no downgrade. I mean, you're talking about you had a two-time NBA champion and Bill Lambeer exits, and then
4: uh, Becky Hammond comes in with uh, quite a pedigree of her own. Yeah, Becky Hammond is amazing. I mean, what an incredible get by Mark Davis and and Nikki Fargus. Uh, Becky and I go way back, and we were uh, peers in the WNBA, played against her many, many times. Great friends, and so really excited to work alongside her. But um, she has brought a fire and an energy to this franchise she's changed things up uh opened up the key it's a lot of like i said pace and space and a lot of threes which something she did in her career so um i'm looking forward to becky having another you know great year she's up she could probably win coach of the year if we continue to win so, um, I would think she's got a
0: good case for it. Uh, we have been talking today to Natalie Williams. She's general manager for the Las Vegas Aces, former WNBA player, former player at UCLA, and former Olympic gold medalist. Can relate to these ladies. And, uh, wow, the or- one of the orchestrators of what I consider, and I think most of us do, the best team in the WNBA this year. Best of luck to you. And if you get a chance, I don't know, Natalie, if you've got a chance to see John Jiggy Maxwell's socks. But every game, he would surprise you. Have you seen him? I mean, he has... Yes. He has this, his sock game is the best in Las Vegas. I've been working on matching mine with his, but I want to thank John also for getting you on board today, but thank you for taking the time and coming on with us. Thank you. And I love your hat. Looks great. All right, hey they're right here always we're the winners we follow the winners that once again Natalie Williams we appreciate her so much and Spence is uh, Jay with us yet all right let's jump right in uh, uh, Fred look at him laid back uh, we're in the Raiders we're in the Raiders gear uh, Jay Schrader getting ready for the big uh, charity golf outing uh, the Liberty projects uh, going on this Friday 10 a.m. Uh, preserve and save the wild Mustangs uh, is, is you know you can see him in Nevada if you head up just uh, just to head towards uh. It's kind of out by the detention center, but I've gone up there and actually fed the wild mustangs. Don't don't recommend you do that. They are still wild animals. But uh Jay, what's going on, my friend? Not much. Yeah, I'm kicking back. I've
1: already been out and fed fed and watered the horses clean the stalls so uh time to kick back for a few minutes here but uh, glad to be on and uh, looking forward to Friday and uh, it's an early start it's a 7 a.m start so if you show up at 10 you're gonna miss the whole thing man
0: yeah i, I if I said 10 I mistake that I already know seven I, I've got my I'll have my alarm set for about five o'clock in the morning because I got to go out there and hit like 20 buckets of ball so I can at least contribute one or two shots for my team but Jay how do people still get involved right now you still got a few days to sign up it is this friday so 7:00 a.m. Shotgun start. So the tournament, the festivities, everything will be over in time for you to enjoy your Friday evening in Las Vegas. But how do you still get involved?
1: Vetsandhorses.org. Go to their website, vetsandhorses.org. Uh, you'll see a sign there to register. Come on out. Uh, we're going to bring a couple of our, our wild Mustangs. We've got the OK from the golf course. So we're going to set up a pen. So you'll see a couple of our beautiful wild Mustangs out there as you, as you play golf
0: really cool thing and a great opportunity to get out play revere a tremendous golf course in las vegas it's going to be a lot of fun and i uh, get a chance to meet jay schrader out there see a couple of wild mustangs and for a good cause man looking looking very forward to that and um jay next season you're going to be in vegas for some of the raiders games i will be yeah i'll be here all year um i'm gonna
1: i've actually uh you know I'll break the news to you, but uh, if you're a little late, but I actually took the head coaching football job over at Calvary Chapel. Oh, that's
0: right. What am I talking about? I, I'm not a little late. I know that 100% will have you on for that next year. I um, meant to ask you about that. How exciting. Oh, well,
1: so I'm looking forward to that and the, the little Friday night lights to coach and then watch the the Raiders play on Sunday. It'll be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, you already gone, I imagine, met with the team, starting to talk to some of the players, getting a feel of uh, what you're going to be putting together next year. Yeah,
1: we have. Uh, We're going to get together again Tuesday night, uh, then we start the 13th, start doing some preliminary workouts, see what we got and see what we can do. You know, we'll have a fun season. I know that for sure. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I took a couple of years off from coaching and uh, excited to get back into it.
0: Yeah, nothing like it, especially at the high school level. It is so cool to watch these guys develop and grow, not just as players but as young men. Uh, watching my son, you know, play play the high school sports and stuff it was really cool. It reminded me of, God, as when I played back when there were still like two or three dinosaurs running around on this planet. But, Jay, as always, my friend, appreciate you joining the show. Looking forward to seeing you bright and early on Friday morning. And once again, man, get out, sign up for this if you haven't yet. Still got an opportunity. Looking forward to it, Jay. Thank
1: you. We'll see you on Friday. Thanks, Brian
0: absolutely once again jay schrader former quarterback uh the washington uh, commanders but uh but that wasn't the name of the team when he played for him and also the uh las vegas raiders uh, now back then it was the oakland raiders and the los angeles raiders but uh jay Frater, friend, Sch- uh, Schrader, friend uh trader friend of the show high school football coach here in las vegas right now and putting on a pretty cool event this coming uh, friday uh spence i don't know if you've, you've gotten a chance but um you know a lot of majors going on this weekend on the women's end of the sports, and one which which I watched today and something I wasn't aware of, and I'm kind of embarrassed, but you because know, I do like tennis. But the French Open's going on. Uh, this this woman, Eva um, Schiattac she uh, just won her second french open she just turned 21 a couple of years ago but what's crazy is spencer she has won 35 straight matches it's like two away from the all-time record this woman's almost unbeatable right now here she is on clay she takes down american coco golf today in straight six, one, 6 three but um the youngest two-time major champion champion since uh, maria sharapova and again uh Pretty incredible, man. At 19, she won her first major the 2020 French Open. And here two years later, she wins it again. I guess the name we've got to start watching out for. And again, I'm kind of embarrassed that before I kind of started, you know, watched some of the final yesterday, I didn't even know who she was.
3: No, it's incredible. And I, I think uh, when you look at the performance of some of these athletes, we really detach ourselves from, like, them as people. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. Like, especially we talk about, like, some of the bigger athletes like LeBron. But it's like, at the end of the day, like, these people do – like, they're people. They go home and they have families. So we all know, like, as people, how hard it is to balance all of these things. And who knows how much unimaginable hours she's putting into this. We only get to see the final product and be amazed. But there's no way she just wakes up and is like, all right, I think I'm just going to win 36 straight sets. No, she's probably putting in – more work than any of her competition and that's just incredible that people have the willpower to do something like that when she's probably so skilled that she could coast for the rest of her career but she's demanding greatness and that's what sports are all about
0: yeah talk about straight sets her idol is rafael nadal and ironically straight sets he beat uh he just got done beating casper rudd of great britain in straight sets, six three six three in the last set How about shutting him out? Six love. Uh, Nadal plays great on clay courts. And Nadal, once again, another major to his credit as uh a, he just keeps racking them up, and a, and a fan favorite, Rafael Nadal, a fan favorite, and a favorite of all the ladies. I know that for sure. <laughs> um, also, the other major going on right now this weekend is the Women's U.S. Open on the LB, uh, LPGA Tour. Um, Minji Lee right now is leading by three strokes. I don't know if you saw this at all, Spencer. She's two; her score is 200 through three rounds. It is the lowest 50 full four-hole score through three rounds in U.S. Women's Open history. She'll break the all-time 72-hole record if she shoots an even par 71 or better today. Uh, That is impressive as hell. I mean, when you think about the all-time record, again, is going to fall at the U.S. Open. And this lady's tearing up the course.
3: Well, here's the thing about women's athletes that I, I think really gets swept under the rug, especially in the WNBA. If you watch the WNBA this year, Like, the girls are noticeably better. They're getting better every year because now they believe it's a real profession. So I think that, you know, when you look at the early development of these sports, like women's sports professionally, it hasn't been around that often. So as the first generation of girls kind of break that mold and start to actually play professional, Like they're going to have daughters or people like these little girls are going to grow up knowing that, hey, there actually is a profession for me out there. They're only going to get better. Just like if you look at the first 20 years of basketball and you look at the way those guys were dribbling, it looks goofy. But now you look at basketball today. So I think if you look at that lineage, I'm not saying that women's sports will ever be like as popular as men's sports because it's highly unlikely just physically speaking. But to say that the women are not going to get better and better and not like significantly better. Total fallacy. It's definitely going to happen, and the, her record will be broken again. Like that's how good these girls are getting.
0: Oh, there's no question. The competition is great. And again, you go to a WNBA game, you're going to be entertained. You know, the, the difference. The difference of the two sports is obviously in the NBA and WNBA. Men's basketball. It's a. It's a game that's played above the rim. Although not so much anymore as everybody shoots from the outside. Even the big fellas are are hitting three pointers now. That's a requirement to be in the NBA. But the WNBA is really entertaining basketball. These ladies are. really really, really good, and you'll see some exciting basketball, and especially when if you go down and see the Aces. They're the best team in the league, man. A lot of fun to watch, but you are right. On certain levels, you know, it's always going to be a discrepancy. I guess men's sports have been around a lot longer in the public spotlight and prominence than women's sports, but they are coming up, Spencer, and the competition is getting great and as more and more exposure goes to women's sports. That's why you're seeing better and better players, because more people get involved when it's exposed. Other people see it and say, wow, I want to do that as well. We didn't mention when Natalie was on. She was also a great volleyball player at UCLA, <laughs> by the true. way, as well, and did not mention that about her. One of the things we got to talk about, we got to do the Las Vegas Aviators Report, and I want to give them some time today on the show, uh, Spencer, because I don't know if you've been paying attention, but my God, nine in a row, they've won. Now last week we were saying, yeah, they've won three in a row. They haven't lost since they've won nine and run the 31 and 21. And uh, they have the best record in the Pacific coast league. Um, their final game of uh, uh, the series, they played Sacramento. I think they played them in five games. This will be the sixth game. It's a nine-game homestand. Uh, the Sacramento Rivercats, they'll be at 2 today. You can get out there if you got time. Go see a great game. It's a beautiful day outside down at the Las Vegas ballpark. They've got three more games after this. Uh, the Round Rock Express come to town. But this team is stocked. Like right now, seeing the Las Vegas uh, Aviators, I'm seeing two or three guys that are going to be for sure at the major league level and play well. Maybe a few more, Spencer. This is a really good feeder system. I got to believe the parent the parent team, the Oakland A's, are pretty happy with what they're seeing down here right
3: well, now. Well, here's the thing. I, I'm not saying, okay, so the, at the end of the day, the players go out in the field and play, right, and that's how they win games. But I have to imagine that the stadium and just everything that surrounds it like, has to be a factor in the success of this team is this not a destination spot for at least minor league players? Like, I don't know exactly how the minor league system works. And of course there's not a lot of movement that goes around, but I would say like, as a player, when you're waking up, like when you think of a minor league stadium, you don't think of anything that great. When you look at the Las Vegas or aviators, I mean, it's it's literally a miniature major league ballpark. That's the only way I can describe it. It's the best minor league ballpark in I the mean, country. I mean, there is a
0: pool <laughs> in center field. You could have a company outing there and go swimming. And in Las Vegas, when you're talking about seeing a day game in the heat, like a gay, day like today, Can you imagine who wouldn't want to be invited to go spend the day at the pool at the Las Vegas ballpark? Plus their eats are as good as any you're going to find in minor league stadiums. And uh, like you said, Spencer, it is really a sight to behold. It is, you know, it doesn't hold the capacity of a major league stadium. Okay. That, but other than that, it's missing nothing.
3: Yeah, and, and then what I was just trying to say is, like, as a player, like, going to that stadium, it has to, I don't know, it has to give you a certain level of confidence that you feel like a professional athlete. I think as, like, you get lower and lower, it, it feels probably hopeless. Like, you're going to these crappy stadiums, and I'm not saying the one that we, they had before, but, I, you know, there was, like, metal seats for the hot summer. Like, some of the things just didn't make sense, and you have these mesh seats over here. So I just feel like when you walk up to the plate as somebody who plays for the Aviators, You have to feel a little bit better about your career, about yourself, and just, you know, maybe you play a little extra hard, and maybe players want to try to make their way to the stadium, which obviously is very good for Oakland A's, who are developing these players to be on their team.
0: No, Very valid point, Spencer. There is no doubt that I believe you get juiced up when you're playing in Las Vegas at a stadium like that, in an environment like that, and they're drawing as many fans as any minor league team in more the than the Reds probably yeah, I mean, probably but um, you know they do a great job there uh, Jim Gemma of course the uh, media relations director m- in my opinion the best in the business the best I've worked with at any sport or any venue um, although John Maxwell's right there he's a great guy as well true. Uh, th- just just does tremendous stuff and uh, both those guys great personalities and we appreciate all they do to make our jobs easier and also to get us in and get us the interviews that we get helps us out a great deal but I'll tell you what again if you get a chance You've got four more games this week, uh, one today and then again three more. Get out to the Las Vegas ballpark. Check this this out. It is a great time, and check it out. You can go and Google them. They've always got different theme nights. What's so much fun is too the bat dogs. I mean the bat the dogs that run out and grab the bats. You know instead of a bat boy, you got a bat dog. It's pretty cool. But get out there and check it out if you haven't yet. You are definitely missing something, and don't miss it any longer. Get out and check out the Las Vegas uh ballpark real quick, guys. We got a few more minutes, and before we hit the before we hit it, I want the I want uh as in as short as we all can our prediction as we've got the stanley cup uh conference finals right now i I, you know we're all going out on a limb to say the colorado avalanche are going to end up being in the stanley cup final i can't imagine that not happening um you know i just can't see edmonton coming back and winning four straight games although they do have the best scoring tandem in the game in leon dreisaitl and of course connor mcdavid but i can't see that and on the other side you know (laughs) It's so hard to pick against Tampa Bay, even though they're down uh, two games to none right now. They haven't gone home yet. Like Chris said, I do think they'll win the next two games and make it a three-game series. I'm going to say there's a bit of a homer in me when I say homer. It's because Gerard Gallant and Ryan Reeves, former Vegas Golden Knights, I'm going to say the Rangers do enough to win this series in seven games. And the Stanley Cup final is going to be... The Rangers, the Avalanche. We'll talk more about that if it happens next week. Chris, what do you think? You got 30 seconds. Give me your your picks on who's going to be in the Stanley Cup final. Well, I
2: think it's a foregone conclusion that Colorado Avalanche will will eliminate the Edmonton Oilers, if not tomorrow, then in game five. I'm still going to go with Tampa. Look, I, I'm not going to throw dirt on them. Until someone proves that they're the best team or that they're better than the Tampa Bay Lightning, I'm not betting against them. So I'm going to go Tampa, Colorado.
0: Spence?
3: Uh, I say that Colorado is just going to win it all, no matter who comes out of the other side. I just think that they've been waiting for this moment for so long, and the Golden Knights have been the only thing stopping them from achieving that goal, really. (laughs)
0: Well we'll see. I mean, you know, Colorado, I, I thought they were gonna have a little bit of a goaltender issue with with Kemper being hurt, but they're not. So yeah, I think they've been waiting for this for a long time. And you know, you just see the prowess of this team and how good they are. Nathan McKinnon, when he's on his game, is as fast as anybody in the league and probably almost as good as well. And just a lot of great players. Landis Skog, This team's really good. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens in the Stanley Cup Finals. I do think the other side, either team in the East, can give them a series. But I agree with you, Spence. We'll talk more about that next week. NBA Finals, guys. Uh, Boston up one one love. They've got the second game today back in Golden State. To me, a must win for the Warriors. You can't lose both games at home. or that's a foregone conclusion. The Celtics are winning the series. Chris, what do you think, Boston or Golden State?
2: Ah, uh, you know what? I've watched so little of the NBA playoffs that I'm, I'm just going out on a limb and saying Golden State finds a way to win. Uh, Steph Curry, one of the best players of our lifetimes, I think. Uh, well, my lifetime and, and Spencer's lifetime, Brian, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll go Golden State in that one.
0: Yeah, there's been a few in mine. I'd still say Magic Magic Johnson might be the best player in my lifetime. Although it was Michael Jordan, so really tough to say between the two. But, uh, Spencer, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I mean, Golden State can't lose both games at home. I I know they they physically can, but they won't, right, mentally. They've been around too often, so I really like the minus 4.5, actually, by the way. For the Warriors tonight too, so I go with Golden State for Game Two. All right,
0: and I'm gonna say I'm going out on a limb. I'm gonna take what what shouldn't be the uh, the underdog based on record. I'm gonna take the Boston Celtics. I think uh, I just think they're gonna get it done, Spencer. Number one, they play great defensive basketball. They're well-coached, and I don't think that that's talked about enough. And uh, secondly, man, if Al Horford and Derek White keep hitting outside shots, man, how do you take this team down when, when their center, well, not necessarily their center, center, but uh, their power forward is uh, is hitting three-pointers, and that's not what he does. Uh, listen, this is out of line. We're here every week. I definitely want to thank uh, Natalie Williams, thank Trey shade Tr- Jay Schrader. Uh, Thanks, Spencer. The Wiz and back in studio. Chris Magnum, Chapman. I'm Brian Feldman. Man, it's a great time to be here. Uh, And I'm heading to play in the World Series of Poker today, man. I got a big event. The World Series, of course, started this week. And they're expecting like $25,000, 25,000 people to play in this $5 million guarantee.